Ridwan was a project team co-lead at NIST. No privacy considerations were missed. Ridwan is now a senior consultant at FR Data Protection. He manages data processing and collection. So uh, it's my privilege to welcome Ridwan Badmus. He is a uh, tech lawyer at Ogontui and Ogontui. And uh, it's a pleasure to welcome you to the podcast. Yeah, the pleasure is all mine. I'm really uh, honored to be invited to this, um, you know, very interesting podcast. Thank you so much for the honor. Nora. Excellent. Okay, so uh, we'll get started. So I, I was, I always love having international guests, and I think uh, you're my first guest from the continent of uh, Africa generally. So let's get into that. So you grew up in uh, Nigeria and talk about growing up in Nigeria and um, I guess what you wanted to be as a kid. Do you always think of yourself becoming a lawyer? Uh, yes, yes, I'll say yes. I mean, um, I think that, that that's easy to answer because I know when, I mean, since when I was young, um, my dad was um, always referred to, I mean, many people refer to my dad as, as the law, though even though he didn't study um, law or he, didn't, he wasn't really a lawyer, I mean, he's late now, but then um, there were lots of references to him as, as the law and um, I was kind of, you know, his favorite. So I think that was kind of expected. Um, so I think that it was really a huge, um, I mean, it was really a huge concentration for me to, you know, um, you know, to you know, becoming a lawyer. Though there were there were a lot of other considerations, I had interest in a lot of other areas. So even things that I mean, occupational um, roles that, um, professions that are outside um, the, the purview of of law or you know, um, arts and social sciences. But then I have a lot of I have interest in a lot of in a lot of I have interest in a lot of things. But then I, you know. Um, eventually settled for law um, in the long run. So if I may, I mean, some other things I was actually interested in, you know, including medicine, including, um, I think, being a, being a, a computer, um, you know, engineer, and um, a, lot of some other, a lot of other things, including being a journalist. And then, but then I, I think I later settled for law. And due to... I, I think one of the reasons I, I settled for law was because um, I think because of the justice system in Nigeria, though a lot of those um, thoughts or understanding later changed along the line when I was in school. I had um, a lot of other interests and um, I think I, but then of course, I think I'm still, I'm still on that track of, uh, you know, creating change or adding value to uh, you know, people's lives, even though I'm not, I'm not, um, you know, I mean, the, the first, I mean, most, I, I believe most, um, you know, most lawyers or most, I mean, most of my colleagues when I was in school, most of them wanted to become um, litigation, um, you know, lawyer, you know, uh, but then I, I later, I think I later lost interest in that, mostly, so I now work as a, mostly as a, um, you know, corporate commercial lawyer and um, a tech lawyer mainly. 
Great. Okay. So Thank let's, uh, before we get there, let's talk a little about uh, before you went to university, you had some teaching jobs and you're a computer assist uh, attendant. Uh, talk about those. Yeah, I think I didn't do a lot of work when I was in high school. I mean, outside the fact that I I I helped my dad a lot, and um, you know, when he was going out to work, I it takes me along, and then we it was kind of into engineering works, so I that's really kind of ex exposed me early to you know to working environment, so to say. But then uh, immediately after law school, uh, sorry, after high school rather, I did a lot of um, a lot of work. So as you mentioned, um, computer attendance, it's called um, computer operator here. So mainly what that means is we have a lot of people that wants to do you know, that jobs. I mean, jobs on the computer, probably printing or uh, typing out any um, Word uh, documents. So mm -hmm. I helped with that. I mean, I, I I took interest in computer when I was very young. Even though I don't, I we don't we didn't have it at all. But then, I I was able to uh, you know play, to play with um, my co my cousins' computer whenever I visited them. So um, when immediately I finished high school, I um, I enrolled in a, in a short um, you know computer program, and then I was able to really you know quickly you know to pick up. And um, I was uh, very good at, you know, printing a computer. So that was how I became. So that was my first main uh, major job, major um, yeah job. And um, so I worked at a as a computer attendant for I think almost a year plus. And um, and uh, later on, I so I was also also into graphics because I learned some graphics design as well. So I did lots of that, and then I moved into um into teaching so i taught a lot of i mean i enjoy i really enjoy teaching because i taught i mean i i can say now that i have taught through um you know from primary school we call it primary school here then the high school we call it secondary school here in nigeria and then we have um you know the um the university which is called i, I believe college and um so i i was able when i when i finished high school i was able i i, I uh, taught some primary school students. I taught some secondary school students. And my um, subjects, my focus subjects, and were English language, uh, governments, and uh, a lot of other um, related sub subjects. So it was really um, interesting, you know, teaching. And uh, I really learned a lot. I mean, you know, teaching um, younger students, and um, it was really, it was really interesting. So those were my major, those were my major um, jobs. Um, after high school, and even when I got into the university, um, student law, that was two years after high school because I had to work and you know so that I can you know pay for my um, school fees, so to say. So I so I worked for two years before I actually uh, attempted you know going to the university, and um, I I so during my university period as well. So throughout my university time, I was working as a teacher as well. So it was really fruitful, uh, fruitful experience for me. I mean, throughout my school you know, through uh, university, and then I there were, there were certain times when I also I mean because of my experience uh, uh, teaching, so I was able to teach some of my um, colleagues as well. I mean not at the same level, but then um, I think a year below me 
there was um, some certain subjects I was, um, I I I volunteered so to say to 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 teach them. So it was really interesting and um, yeah, so it was really a fruitful experience for me. That's great, and uh, you know your time working as uh, in tech with the you know computers before high school or during high school and and right after. Did that kind of motivate you to think about tech law and um, you know your 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 interests now? Yes, I'll say yes because even though I mean there were lots of things I wasn't really privy about or so many things I was I I didn't know I was kind of um, I I I I mean I I wasn't really exposed to a lot of information to a lot of people I was. Um, I was an introvert, I'll say. So I didn't talk to a lot of people. I didn't make a lot of friends. But then I was, I know, I mean, everybody knows, I mean, my faculty, everybody, almost everybody knows me because I I also volunteered to do a lot of, um, I mean, they, 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 there's, a, there's a particular um, association, Niger, um, National Association of Muslim Law Students, that I was um, in charge of all of their, um, you know, um, technical related works, including um, computer works. So, um, uh, that's really assisted me as well. So I, uh, so the essence of saying that I was an introvert and I wasn't really, um, I didn't get easy access to some information as regards, uh, you know, uh, software development and the likes while I was in, it, that's actually interesting because I didn't really get information as regards as well. I was, when I was in the university until I actually finished. So, but then still I was doing the basic um, computer works. And um, that's really, I believe that's really, you know, contributed to my interest in um, in tech law. I think I wasn't really um, exposed or, you know, uh, introduced to uh, technology law until 500 level, because we have um, we have the year up to uh, 500 level. You invest before you go to law school for a year, and then you, you're called to the bar. So when I was in the university, it was until 500 level when we were taught uh, a particular uh, you know, uh, course uh, called law, law and social change. That was when I was actually, that was when I actually learned about uh, data privacy and uh, I learned about the uh, the Cambridge Analytica uh, incidents. So mm -hmm. one of our lecturers, um, no, that was uh, that particular. So it wasn't even a, a major Topic. It was just a major um course. It wasn't really major because it was just a topic, you know, out of that uh, particular course. So I well then I I I think that was my first um um introduction to you know to tech law and you know data privacy generally. But then as I said, uh, my interests from high school and um, well the university days. I mean in terms of um, doing computers basic or intermediate computer works, um really kind of, um, you know, fueled my interest to to delve into or to dwell into um, into technology and uh, technology law. Yeah. Fascinating. And and just uh, for non-Nigerian listeners, tell us about the, the law school system there. It's two years. Talk about uh, how that process is. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. I, I think it's, it's very... I mean, I I believe it's very different from the uh from other jurisdictions. So how it works is that so when you're done with high school, then you um you apply to you apply for um a a a law degree. 
so we have different law degrees. We have the common law, we have the Islamic law. So I did a dual um, degree, common and Islamic law. So mm -hmm. that's kind of a, so, so, I, so yeah, I did common and Islamic law. So um, after five years in, in um in the university studying law, then you you will be opportunity to you know after of course when you when you when you're done with um, successfully with um the university then you you are opportunity to apply to go to the law school for a year and that's one year is actually very um you know very very um uh, you know very well, how would how would I put it it's very in 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 depth very intense intensive. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things to learn. There's a there's a lot of um you know materials to go through. There's a lot of resources to read. Just you know within a year, it's not even up to a year. I think um, I think we in the law school learning for like nine months. Then before the what we call the almighty uh, bar finals, then that's the that's the final exam you do before. The, so when you, when you, when you when you when you pass the exam, the bar finals, mm -hmm. then you you you're called to the bar. So it's okay. um. It's really, yeah, it's a bit, you know, a bit complex, but then that's um, that's how it works in Nigeria. Fascinating. And then talk about, uh, you had an internship during law school or maybe right after, talk about that. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, just as you said, I wasn't, I mean, I was a very gentle, uh, not, I was very campus. And so I, didn't during my my time in the university. I, of course, I didn't even realize that some of my colleagues were going to, um, you know, law firms to to intern. But then it was after law school that I had the. Well, of course, after law school, there's um we have the and um, uh the national youth service um corps. So that's a kind of a one year um service. I I think there's there there's similar arrangements you know, mm -hmm. in all the jurisdictions as well. But then you have to kind of serve the nation so to say for a year after you're done with university. But then in our case as lawyers, so you do that after you after your law school and after you get called to the bar as a lawyer. So during it was during my uh, NYC um period uh, time that I was able to work in a law firm and I was really as exposed to actual practice. So I I was able to as the colleagues I was able to serve in a in a in a co litigation firm. So they do litigation most of the time, and um, I think that was the first place that I had. The, even though I wasn't really, I wasn't still. I think it was when okay. I think I need to talk about this first. When I was in law school, just before we were done with law school, so there was a program I was. Um, I had the opportunity to attend, and that was where I was actually. Uh, there's a particular. Um, senior lawyer here that's actually kind of introduced us to tech, uh, technology law and um, the um, the opportunities in in blockchain law and you know in blockchain artificial intelligence and all all of all the areas of technology law. So I that was when I started um, looking into um, software engineering and, and the likes. So since I was very um, you know, when, since I was very, um, you know, familiar with computers, so it was easy for me to to start looking at those subjects, and it was actually very fascinating. So going back to um, the the first law firm I worked at, as I said, it's a core litigation firm. So it was around that time that we had the uh, the COVID nineteen incidents, and uh, we were, I mean, of course, I'd say we were first because here in Nigeria, so of course, I think it's general, but then. 
we have it's more it's uh, more pronounced here in in Nigeria and Africa generally. I think. I mean, in terms of um, you know, adoption of technology. So we, I mean, lawyers are not really good at using technology. So I was able to introduce some things. I don't, I don't think we were using Zoom then. Of course, that was the time when I think Zoom, you know, uh, became very popular. Mm -hmm. So I introduced the firm to using Zoom with their clients. I, I introduced some other things. I mean, uh, a good usage of, of, of even um, emails, even though the law firm was kind of, you know, to, to a large extent traditional. I mean, com compared to other other law firms. So, but then I I kind of introduced I mean to an extent some digital transformation in the law um, at the law firm, and um, so for a year. So before I then um, you know uh, uh, kind of uh, moved on from the law firm. So I, I I stayed on for a year in the law firm, and um, it was really it was really an interesting experience because that was my first time I had a a um an actual experience at a, a law firm mm -hmm. great and, and at that time you weren't working on privacy law no no you know i wasn't i i was just learning about technology and i wasn't even you know deep into technology law then what i was doing was just learning about technology because i think immediately i finished law school i had i i mean before i i i, I started at, at that law firm I had that mindset of merging law and tech. I mean, I know there's a kind of gap because, yeah, I mean, it's general as well, but then we always talk about it in Nigeria as well in terms of lawyers are not good at math. And um, sometimes we tend to, um, you know, we tend to, um, you know, kind of um, relate math with technology. So lawyer, lawyers are also not, you know, very good at using technologies. So I wanted to kind of understand technology, you know, um, going beyond just understanding the fundamentals or the foundations of um, technology, but then going in depth and seeing what I could, I, I mean, speaking the language of um, of technologists, of software developers, of um, computer scientists. So I then, during my time in that, at that law firm, so, and during the most, most time during the COVID period. So I was really engaged in learning a lot of um, technologies. So I actually started from blockchain. So wow. I learned, um, yeah, I, I, I learned how to code. I, I learned how to code um, smart contracts. So, oh. but then before I, I went back to um, software engineering. So I learned HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and, um, you know, was able to build, um, you know, a simple, um, I'll say web apps. And um, and I got to I got interested in cloud engineering engineering as well, and then learned a bit. That's a bit. I learned a lot about uh, especially Google Cloud, <laughs> Microsoft Azure, and um, AWS. So I have um, some certifications in that area as well. So it's really it's I I'd say it's really very helpful now because I'm able to. I mean, sometimes I mean, I I get that trust from. From uh, startups, um, you know, uh, I, probably I, I, co-founders and even um, you know software engineers and all all the you know um, the people working in 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 the engineering or the technology departments at any company. So it's really it was really helpful. So I think it was around that time I I I got around uh, you know, learning 
called technologies. Wow, and how did you teach yourself that? Did you have a like formal school or did you learn it on your own? Yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah, I'd say I, I have it on my, on my I, I think I don't have it, have it anymore on my LinkedIn profile. I, I used to have it as, I, okay, I think it's on my WhatsApp. I, I'm a self, self-taught self programmer. So it was really, it was really, main, main, I learned uh, mainly on my own. And I was still an introvert. So I, it was difficult. I mean, it was difficult for me to a large extent to reach out to people to, to help me. So I was um, really shy and, um, but then I learned a lot of things on my own. So I, but then I was able to join, of course, uh, I did a lot of hackathons. So I think that also helped me to become, I wouldn't say an extrovert, but to become a bit of a, of a social person to, to speak out, to talk to people and to exchange ideas. So that's really helped me. So I did a lot of um, um, blockchain um, hackathons in the past, I mean, after, especially after, immediately after um, that COVID period. So, um, so I, I learned most of those um, technologies on my own. So I mean, starting from blockchain to software engineering to um, to cloud engineering. So, but then I, I, I also wanted to delve into, so I'd say I know, I mean, up to basic intermediate of those things, but I'd say I have an intermediate um, knowledge of, you know, basic intermediate skill in cloud engineering, and um, I think above basic in software engineering, and um, I wanted to say that it's so I I wanted to delve into uh, to delve into um, AI as well, but then it was more it was very very it was more technical than the other uh, you know technologies very very technical. So I. Um, so I, I I think that was when I I I, I um you know I got introduced so to say I learned about some um, AI ethics and um, you know responsibly I then I I I thought it was going to be a very good area for me to to focus on to discuss with some you know data scientists how they can build um responsibly AI and and the likes so it was it was basically you know majorly um, self taught well and what was the motivation to learn it was it just a motivation of, uh, you know, in order to practice law better in the in the areas you're interested in, or was there something just about the coding itself that you were interested? Yeah, yeah, I think it was more of a personal um, interest because mm -hmm. I so it's more of a personal interest because I know I was I'm not sure if I was at a particular time thinking of transitioning from law. But then I know that from the beginning, the reason I wanted to go into you know, learning more about technology was because I wanted to you know, bridge that gap. Because I was thinking that if I had wanted to transition, I think I would have, I think I would have taken that step to, I mean, to 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 work mainly as a software engineer and then and then leave law. But then I still have that very huge interest in law. And I also have a very, you know, um, a very reasonable interest in, in tech. So it was still that's mindset. I mean from the beginning, the understanding, the um the 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 goal or the objective of you know bridging that gap between lawyers and, and and technologists in terms of you know creating um creating uh creating value or kind of um you know making law kind of making it easy for engineers to understand and to kind of implement. 
And that was actually what led me to uh, privacy. That was really what led me to privacy because I know that um, privacy is mainly, I mean, it's, it's, it's has a lot of things to do with the application that's, um, that's users are using. So you have to make, you have to ensure that your, your applications, your systems are kind of, um, you know, respects the privacy of your users. And um, I was thinking that that's a very good area for me to kind of, um, you know, to build on, to build myself in and to kind of focus on because me thinking of bringing law and technology together, I think this is a very good thing for me to do because that was, I, I think I got, I, I, I got, I mean, after, you know, I, I said it initially that the first time I had, had about some data privacy was when I was at the university at 500 level, but then I got to learn about privacy engineering and that's really sparked my interest to, you know, really delve into, um, into privacy engineering. So that's why I went back to privacy law to learn a lot about privacy law and then, you know, um, see how I can, you know, bridge that gap, how I can help engineers to build privacy um, into um, the, the, their products. That's great. And and talk about in 2020, you actually went out and started your own firm. Talk about, uh, talk about I guess, that motivation and what you did with that uh, for the year. Yeah, is... Um... I think that was during I couldn't I, I still had a lot of things to learn. Lots of um because I, I was learning a lot of things then. I mean in terms of uh, the different technology technology I spoke about initially. So I I I I thought it would be I mean I should still have more time to myself to learn about those technologies. So so I think that's the more reason I thought I should um so it's called a private so I I don't I I so what I did mainly was private practice to just since as a lawyer, you're not, I mean, here you're not, uh, I mean, you could, of course, um, start your own practice yourself without, uh, you know, without seeking employment in, in, at a law firm. So that was what I did then to see what I could do. So I'm trying to remember some of the, um, some of the companies, I think I, I worked with a, a couple of persons, I mean, in the tech area to, a, to an extent, and I know when I talk about, me being a lawyer, you know, trying to learn software development. I mean, most software software developers or people working in, in the tech space are always amazed that you know was something that I mean, it's kind of um, it's very unusual to find a lawyer. Me still being a lawyer, not that I have the intention of transitioning to becoming a software engineer, or a software developer, and then you know, um, not having interest in practicing law anymore. So, but basically, most of the time, I was actually learning. And um, and I was able to do a, a couple of uh, of um, tech law um, work with a, a couple of persons. Excellent. Okay. Wow. And um, so then get into I guess that transition from starting your own firm to uh, where we're at now um, at uh, Ogentoy and uh, Ogentoy. And uh, curious to hear uh, what what you're doing there. Yeah, I mean, it's it was really interesting for me. I mean, starting as Ogote and Ogote because it was really my passion that led me there. Because uh, um, I mentioned, I'm trying. So the the uh, I'll say the mentor that's. I mean, I, you know, I mentioned that there was a senior lawyer that really talked about. I mean, after law school, that really talked about uh, technology law and uh, the, uh, the opportunities for young lawyers to 
you know, to go into that uh, space. And and um, he, he, so what's really happened was that I, so he was like really the one that made that connection because uh, the law firm was looking at, um, you know, digitizing their, um, their practice, you know, trying to, you know, use technology to, um, to expand. So, and I, I, you know, I reached out to this mentor and, uh, you know, talking about how I can, I mean, the things that I have, I mean, in terms of uh, the personal de development that I have, um, I have kind of achieved, I mean, what I've been able to do and he was, was really impressed. And um, I think that was, so that was, so he, he kind of linked me up with uh, the senior partner and that was actually how I got the job. So, I started off as a, as a tech lawyer and um, and the CTO, the chief technology officer. So I so what I do basically is you know I handle all um, you know uh, com uh, corporate and commercial um, you know legal um, you know services and then I also handle all the technical um, all the technical you know needs of the of the of the law firm. So so it was really. Kind of interesting because I I got to, that was what I was really looking you know forward to to you know to work to bring that because you know it was really I mean I I wasn't I I I couldn't I mean I was imagining but then it was unimaginable to think of you know working as a tech person a core technologist and working as a lawyer at the same time so it's it was really it was like something that that was kind of undoable but then. I was really happy. I mean, I was really kind of fulfilled when I got into the, the law firm to work as a tech lawyer and um, also as as a CTO of the law firm. So it was really the beginning of a of a of a joyful experience or fulfilling experience for me. That's great, and you know, you um you work with a, a lot of startups. Talk about that. As far as are are they startups that are all from Nigeria? And if they are, what uh you know what what kind of startups are you working with? Yeah, I mean, at the law firm, we have, um, uh, I think, a couple of startups that, uh, that I work with uh, closely. And I have also kind of established a, a very good relationship with the, with the co-founders due to my uh, background in tech. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, it's always enjoyable. It's always interesting for me to engage in conversations with them. And they don't get to, I mean, number one is that they don't get to, you know, break things down or kind of explain over, you know, overbeats a an explanation before I understand because I understand where they're coming from. I understand their, their needs, so to say. And whenever I'm also explaining some legal um terminologies or some legal um you know provisions to them. So it's always kind of interesting for me to break things down because I understand um their language, so to say. So it was it's really interesting, I mean, to work with you know those kind of um tech companies. But then outside Ogutia and Ogutia, I also, I mean, I also try to um, work with startups because one of my passion, I mean, is to, of course, enable lots of them tech startups to um, to see how they can, I mean, without the without the with without the the ethical without the without really struggling with with law, how they can really scale, and um, you know how you can really bridge that gap, as I said, between um, law and technology. So. I work with um, a couple of from especially from the data privacy aspects actually. So I work as a DPO with um, oh, wow. with a, with two with two uh, software as a service companies, 
and um, with a blockchain as a service company as well. So, and I sometimes also provide um, you know, legal, um, you know, legal, um, so legal, you know, uh, advice to them. So kind of a, kind of a legal advisory role as well. But then mostly to kind of build that, you know, data privacy capacity in terms of, you know, complying with the law and um, also, you know, gaining customers trust and also using data privacy as a competitive advantage. And um, so it's really been interesting, you know, working with, you know, with startups with that, uh, with that knowledge or with that, uh, with that interdisciplinary, um, you know, experience. So it's really been fulfilling. That's great. And and talk about um, working at uh, working at NIST. You you spent some time at the National Institute of Standards and Technology, which is popular uh, in you know in in America and globally. And uh, so talk about I guess how you got involved with them. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. I I it's, it was really an interesting time. I mean, we just um, kind of uh, concluded our um, tasks recently, so it was really what it was really. I mean, interesting working with because I, I, you know, since I have a very huge interest in privacy engineering, I, mean, I think I actually started with um, privacy technology, so I I was interested in you know how to you know um, use our privacy tools to manage um you know um privacy and data protection, so. I, I did a lot of things with OneTrust, with um, security, lots of other privacy tools, and I then uh, learned a lot about you know building capacity, privacy engineering capacities as well. So when I saw the, I mean there was a a call for um for contribution to you know to to contribute to you know building tasks, uh, knowledge and skills for the privacy um framework, uh the NIST privacy framework. And I was really interested and I was really focused on the technical aspects, more than technical aspects, and not really the, the policy creation aspects of the of the framework. So I, I put in for one of the, I think, data management um, um, tasks. And I was, I mean, I was really, uh, I was really happy when I was, uh, I was picked, I was selected as one of the colleagues with some, all that's so amazing um colleagues and they really helped and as um i think if i may say your name nikita and abby so they were really amazing people and they really made it um you know easy for me because they are more they are you know called technical uh, persons so i was the only uh, lawyer and um wow. of course i think i because of my uh it was because of my one of the reasons i, I think i was picked as um as mentioned by the uh the coordinator so to say was because of my uh, diverse, um, you know, background and uh, because of my of the jurisdiction as well. I think because of my of the region I'm coming from in Africa, so it was that was going to kind of also put a kind of a, you know diversity into into the group. So it was really interesting working with the other colleagues and then working with um, with other because we had other uh, members for that particular. Um, but for that particular um, group, so it was really interesting working. You know, coming up with we were having a meetings almost um, I think every week for 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 the colleagues, and um, I think um, once in two weeks for for the members. So it was really interesting coming up with 
technical because it was called technical. But the major thing is that what we were doing was distilling privacy regulations across the world. I mean, of course, we have to consider different privacy regulations from across the world, GDPR, CCPA, CPRA. Um, we have to consider PPR, PPR, you know, lots of them and even regulations here in Nigeria as well. So we have to look at that and see, you know, the technical capabilities that's, um, that's you know, different companies need to, that companies need to kind of implement to, you know, to comply with um, privacy regulations. So it was really interesting because the, the, the end results was coming up with um, tasks, um, knowledge and skills that are technical based, so to say. So, but of course, as I said, we have we have to look at it from the um, from the uh, from the from, from the perspective of, of privacy regulations. This was really interesting you know, working because, as I said, I mean, from the beginning, it has always been my goal to to see how I can you know you know break law, how I can kind of break the legal provisions, the legal requirements down to something that you can really um, you know build into your systems. And that's that's the reason I also have a very huge interest in uh, privacy by design. So we had a lot of things, a lot of discussions surrounding privacy by design as well. And um, I think lots of these things were, I mean, lots of the tasks, knowledge, and skills that we were talking about so also had a lot of things to do with uh, privacy engineering as well. So it was really uh, a very interesting and fulfilling um, an experience for me. Excellent. You know, and talk a little about uh, what your clients are thinking about in Nigeria, are they what, what types of privacy questions are they dealing with? Is it mostly related to international laws like GDPR, CCPRA, or, or is it uh, you know domestic law in in Nigeria? Yeah, I think a lot of yeah. I mean, I believe a lot of um, you know international regulations, international international privacy regulations also play a very huge part in um, in what's you know, um, in what clients do as well, because I remember that there was a particular client that was the client actually operating in Nigeria, but then he was requesting that uh, the, the the company should comply with um, GDPR regulations as well. I mean, the GDPR. So I because one of the one of the one of the things I also told clients is that I mean, if the many of the many of our clients because they're startups, many of them would want to sorry. Many of them would want to also kind of establish their organization, their businesses in other um, jurisdictions. So they have to also consider all the privacy regulations, international uh, privacy regulations and best practices. So I always, so there are many clients that also look at, you know, um, complying with all the regulations outside, um, outside and, you know, local regulations. So here in Nigeria, we we also get into to that stage of um, increased, um, knowledge and um, awareness about privacy um, privacy requirements because it was just um, last year, um, June, that's the, uh, the, the Nigeria Data Protection Act was passed into law and that has actually been creating some kind of waves. And uh, we've been having different, we have the, the, the Data Protection Authority as well, which is called the Nigeria Data Protection Commission. So they've also been trying to create lots of awareness and so even, so we see so many companies, you know, starting to, because they, they are different. Now we have two major, um, you know, regulatory requirements that, you know, many companies, many clients have to, you know, comply with. We have 
the, the major one is, I mean, since even before the arts came into, into existence, we have the uh, out to, you know, kind of um, conduct a, a data protection audit, which is, like, which is now called Data Protection Compliance Annual Returns annually. Mm -hmm. So now we have a, we have more awareness about that uh, requirement. So that has also kind of increased, um, you know, the, the awareness about data protection in, in the country. And then we have uh, the other requirements, which is to register with the uh, with the regulatory authority as well. So, um, so we we're getting an. So I think generally I can say we can, we are getting to that stage where so many companies are getting, um, you know, aroused and um, you know, getting to understand the the, the purpose or the the significance of um, privacy and um, data protection. And um, my current role as uh, in, in at FL Data Protection as the as a senior, I'm actually a co-founder of the of the, the of the privacy consulting firm, so FL Data Protection. So it, that has also given me a kind of um, a kind of insight into uh, because we get to talk about with lots of um, with lots of companies because it's a license. We have something called the license DPCO. So those are organizations that are licensed by the Data Protection Authority. To carry out um, data protection audits for data controllers and processors in Nigeria, and um, you know also carry also you know provide some other um, privacy consulting services or privacy service privacy and data protection services generally, like um, you know, conducting DPIs and the likes. So we're getting to that. I'll say we're getting to that stage where clients are getting um, to understand the the importance of uh, data protection law. In, in Nigeria and then outside um, the jurisdiction as well, because they know that they have to, I mean, they, they know the significance now. So, so um, it's really interesting. So it's, an, it's a very interesting time. Yeah, that's fantastic. And and what about uh, thinking about the future for you? What uh, what areas of, of law are you most interested in moving forward? And where do you see your career uh, in the years ahead? Yeah. That's an interesting question. I, I I'd say it's still. I mean, I have a lot of interest in, you know, in, in still the, the 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 interplay or the intersection between privacy and privacy law and uh, technology. So I have a lot of interest in how we can because um, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of I mean there's a lot of complexities around privacy laws, privacy regulations, and there's a lot of we need a lot of help. You know, in explaining, in breaking things down, and implementing executing privacy regulations, so that you know, um, organizations and the applications, their systems can really, you know, you know, respect users' privacy. So I'm looking. I'm very interested. I'm I'm doing a lot of research, a lot of reading, lots of learning and training around um, privacy by design, privacy technology, privacy engineering, and um, anything that has to do with, you know, with um, ensuring that um, you're implementing privacy, you're complying with the law, and you're actually going beyond. I always tell uh, clients that they need to go beyond the law because sometimes when you're trying to comply, you still you might still you know get it wrong. So, um, so it's always good to look at the other values that you can you, know, you can get get from um, from pri from privacy and data protection. So, um, so essentially. Um, looking at um, that intersection between privacy law and um, and and technology, and I, 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 I hope to 
get to work more on so many projects. Um, looking at all the projects aside, uh, the NIST, uh, you know, privacy framework that I just um, concluded as as a colleague. So I'm looking at all the there's so many other projects that I'm trying to kind of um, be a part of and see how I can bring in my um, expertise as a as a privacy lawyer and how I can also you know um, build my privacy engineering um, knowledge and skills and you know bridge that gap and. I, I think I might even take it to the policy aspect as well soon, probably looking at how we can also create policies because I think that's also an area where we need um, more work. I mean, in terms of creating policies that are geared towards um, privacy engineering or privacy by design and um, helping organizations to really understand how they can build privacy. So because it's not just about, I know businesses will also want to make uh, you know profits, so to say, but then they, I think it's, they, they can actually be, you know, um, they can be achieved together. I mean, an organization can achieve, can innovate, and at the same time respects um, users' privacy. And that's, mm -hmm. that takes us to, you know, learning about different specs. So I, I wanted to mention that too. So I have huge interest in privacy and technologies, which enables, um, you know, organizations to um, still, to innovate while still, while, respecting and while complying with um, privacy regulations. So it's a lot of, um, it's a lot of things for me. I mean, a lot of um, areas for me to, to explore. Yeah, it's a great, great uh, vision. And then, so looking back at your whole career, what, what are some of the moments that you would say you're most proud of? There, I think I, Yes, I, I'd say it's at the moments when I started learning about technologies. Yes, I think that's the moment to be proud of because I know I know I I'm always proud when I tell my colleagues that I mean they 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 they, they, they it's also amazes them that you know I mean, I I took the time because it's really diff I mean it's difficult for me to. Because privacy is a very huge space. I mean, sorry, uh, technology is a very huge space, same as law. So bringing the two together and trying to stay updated, it's a very difficult thing. So it was really a, I, I, I believe it's a really, it was a turning point for me when I started, when I delved into, um, into the technology space to learn, you know, core technology, not just, uh, to learn about um, the technology law, to learn the the the, the legal, um. You know, uh, the, the 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 law, you know, surrounding or kind of um regulating technology, but then to law to learn the the core technology, so as to, and that's why I said about that. That's why I talked about some um, policy that I might also get there to 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 help out with you know building policies that brings law and um and technologies together. So I think it's a, it's a very say that stage where or that's yeah that stage where I started learning. Um, technology, core technology was a very uh, proud time for me. All right. Yeah, that's excellent. And uh, with that, I will read the rhyme and then we'll sign off. So uh, Ridwan was a project team co-lead at NIST. No privacy considerations were missed. Ridwan is now a senior consultant at FR Data Protection. He manages data processing and collection. And uh, with that, Ridwan, it's been such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Pleasure's all mine. Thank you so much for having me. Thank, Thank you. you.